0: Welcome back to another episode of Don't Be So Dramatic. My name is Rachel and this is the podcast where I talk to different people in the entertainment industry to discover what their job involves and how they got there. For this week's episode, I have with me Kalia Kapotsa. Kalia is an actress, director and producer. She is very slashy in her creative career, which is something that I love. And she is an amazing example of how being slashy can be highly beneficial to every aspect of your creative career. Kalia works as a producer for Visible Studios. If you remember, about a year ago, I interviewed Nick Kazakis and Tim Whiting from Visible Studios i And so I'm so excited to have Kalia on. With Visible Studios, Kalia has produced some really amazing big projects, specifically some amazing music videos with some big artists like Tones and I and Masked Wolf. These YouTube videos that they have produced have hit the millions of views. So you know they're good at what they do. Since recording that episode, um, Kalia and I and the Visible Studios guys have become great friends and they are actually, producing the series that I have written so if you have listened to previous episodes you might remember me mentioning that I'm in the development stages pre-production stages for a series that I've written and that is with um, these guys so Kalia is actually co-directing the series which I'm so excited about um, so we do talk briefly about that and the process of basically um, being in development together. So yeah, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to say a big thank you. I've had some people reach out to me recently and just say how much they've enjoyed the podcast and how much they've gotten out of certain episodes. And I really have to say that I so appreciate when you people do this. It is amazing to hear um, such great feedback and it really helps me know that the content that I'm creating is actually helpful and of use to people so and it also just really makes my day it um, fills my heart up so much so thank you for doing that Um, I always put my email and Instagram below if you did ever want to reach out to me Um, so yeah but without further ado let's jump in Kalia, thank you for joining me on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you, mostly because um, I am so grateful for the support that you have given me as a podcaster. And also, I'd just like to mention that the reason why I find any articles written about the podcast is because you send them to me. So I like half consider you like the podcast producer, (laughs) kind
1: of. so i love that thank you thank you for having me i was just thinking as well i was like i'm probably the first person when your podcast pops up i'm like yes another one rachel's got another one and i'll <laughs> listen to it straight away. And, you.
0: <laughs> and i love it it's so nice now i'm just uploading for you and only you i'm like i hope carlina I sees this and i hope she listens to it <laughs>
1: I'm
0: gonna freak out seeing my name pop up. This is amazing. Yeah, you're like, there's a new one out. I must listen to it. (laughs) (laughs) This sounds amazing. (laughs) Kalia, what an amazing name. (laughs) Oh dear. So um you are an actor. Director, producer, assistant director, you're very slashy, which is something that we love on the podcast and is almost a necessity in one's career. Um, So I guess... Well, quickly, I'll start off with how we met because that's an interesting story. Um, So if you haven't listened to the episode, Kalia works with Visible Studios, which I did an episode with them just over a year ago. And that's with um, Nick Kazakis and Tim Whiting. So go and listen to it if you haven't yet. But um, Kalia was the one that put us in touch um, with Nick and Tim And ever since then, we've kind of just been going back and forth until um, I came to you guys with an idea for a series and wanted a female director. And it just so happened that you were wanting to move into directing more as well. And so, you know, it's funny how like things just kind of fall into place like that in life. And yeah, so
1: that's how we know each other. (laughs) Yes, that's right. I was the creepy stalker that was like, you guys need to go on this podcast. I love it so much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm like, you need to come on the podcast. (laughs) It's wonderful. Thank you. That's okay. Um, So I guess we'll start off with um, the usual, where did your interest in the entertainment industry start out?
1: sure so i grew up in adelaide um i did a lot of dancing growing up and then wanted to do a different dancing class went to a different school and all they could offer was an acting class and i had to do that acting class to then go into this performance troupe i was like oh i don't know what i'm doing i've never done it before i was probably about 12 years old and then i just gave it a go and fell in love with it and then from there i was doing children's theater performing um all over Adelaide pretty much performing in Adelaide Fringe. Uh, lots of children's theatre, lots of big over-the-top acting as you can imagine, to entertain three-year-olds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> um,
1: and then yeah, in year 12, I remember I was head prefect in school. So I remember feeling the pressure of doing something academic after school. And I was like, I think I want to do acting. But also being in Adelaide, there wasn't a lot of opportunity. So I did a teaching degree, which kind of balanced because I was teaching drama and dance and things like that beforehand. So I did a teaching degree and almost put acting to the side, which is really sad, but I guess that's what happens with lots of people is that you have to find your plan B or your real job or at least a steady income, whatever it might be. So I did a little bit of acting during my um, university course teaching. And then I just decided I'm gonna audition for a program in Melbourne. I'd put my name down for one acting school at TAFTA and auditioned, got in. And then I was like, great, I'm going to Melbourne. <laughs> and that was three years ago now, three and a half years ago. So since then, it's just really been my focus. And I'm very grateful that I did my teaching degree and that I've got that behind me. But I'm so much happier now doing what I want to do and making a career out of something that lots of people say that you can't.
0: Mm, definitely when you were doing the teaching degree did you kind of always have in the back of your mind like I don't think this is really what I 100% want to do
1: yes and no like I absolutely love teaching I love kids it was just the amount of work that goes into it and also the people I was surrounding myself with like just conversations in staff rooms and I was like I don't want to don't want to be this teacher. I don't want to be, you know, you get this grumpy teacher that's been in the same school for twenty plus years. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I just couldn't see myself being that person. And as much as I loved teaching and actually like hanging out with kids, there was so many politics behind it that I and I always found myself in my teaching, finding ways to add in drama and add in dance. Like we did a morning song. My poor kids, every morning would sing a song and do a dance and they were, they were 10 year olds. They were like, oh, Miss do we have to? And I was like, get up, (laughs) we're dancing. They always found ways to add in drama and dance and theater and things like that. So I think it was always in me and Mm -hmm. I'm very glad that I made the move. (laughs)
0: Mm. Was there something that like, was there a moment where you were just like, okay, you know what, I'm just gonna apply for this and see what happens. Like, what was that moment where you decided, okay, like, I think I wanna to go to drama school now after having done
1: all of that study? Um, I was on a contract teaching. So it was very uncertain whether I was gonna get a job the following year and whether it be at the same school. And then I was applying for different schools. And I remember doing the applications and my heart wasn't in it. I was writing these you know, big ap- applications and I just didn't feel passionate about it and then I had someone very close to me pass away and that was the big turning point for me that I thought life is way too short. Um, I know what she would want me to do and I'm just going to build up the courage and do it. Hmm.
0: It's crazy like I've definitely had moments I guess in regards to my creative career and then just in regards to like life as well where I, I truly feel like when you're meant to be going in a certain direction and you're not doing that, you do, it starts off with that kind of like gut feeling which you're like, I don't really know what that is and I've gotten to points where I've literally been like in tears because I know what the thing to do is and I'm not doing that and I need to make a change but it's like the stress and everything just builds up so much so it's just really interesting like the physical reactions you can have to when you're not doing what it is that makes you happy and lights you up and what is meant to be your life um so I can definitely mm-hmm. relate to that it's um it can get a bit crazy
1: <laughs> and um, I also think we're really lucky to sorry well no you um, go. to have something that we are passionate about that we know what we want to do and we we feel this gap and we know how to fill it. Mm. Whereas I think there's people out there that are just struggling to look for their passion. So it's like, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into what we do, and we're so lucky that we've got this drive to push for it mm. as well.
0: Definitely, yeah. It's always interesting to meet someone that's like, I'm doing this job, but I know it's not what I want to do. But I don't know what it is that I want to do. So it's almost like, why would I leave what it is I'm doing right now if I have no idea where I want to go? But it's almost like I've had, I've definitely had moments where um, in my life I'm like, I just need to stop doing this thing and kind of find the excitement in the not knowing. Because like, there's one way to look at it where it's like, oh, I'm terrified. I don't know where I'm going to go. So like, how do I navigate that? But then there's also the other side of it, which is like, the world is your oyster. It's so exciting that you could literally do anything now, now that you're kind of saying no to that thing. But I mean, life things come into play with that. You know, we need to pay our rent. So (laughs) that's an important thing.
1: (laughs) Um, Kind of.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so, when did you graduate TAFTA? Because three years ago, like the amount of stuff and the amount that you're like just thinking about because I know you now and what your creative career looks like, and thinking of that only took you three years to develop into that mm-hmm. is a crazy short amount of time. But um, very interesting that life can change so drastically in a short amount of time. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, when did you, when did you graduate Tafta? How long is the course? Uh, is it a year?
1: No, it was a six month course, which okay. is also what I loved about it because I'd studied for four years, so I didn't want to do another three years of study again. Oh, yeah. So six months, and um, yeah, I just I'm I'm honestly I I'm surprised at myself as well because I. Moved from Adelaide. I knew a lot about theatre, but I didn't know anything about film and TV, to be honest. I think Mm. I was on one film set in Adelaide and it was a commercial. Like, It was really, really small. So looking back on what I'm doing now and how much I know, it's incredible. Like, I'm so lucky. I think it's just the people that have come into my life. I'm just absolutely grateful for them because I wouldn't be where I am now. Mm,
0: true. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree. I did a three year drama degree and I sound like a broken record. I know I've um, said this on the podcast before, but mine was completely theatre. It didn't prepare me at all for um, the industry, which is heavily film based mm. <laughs> and heavily screen based acting, um, which isn't, you know, the fault of the drama school. It is and it isn't, but when you're coming out of high school and you are like, I just want to go to a drama school, but you don't want to go to the Niders or the Whoppers, it's hard to know, like, I don't know anything about the industry. Like, this one sounds cool because I did theatre in school, and so, you know, that must be what the industry's like, but it's not, um, and film and
1: theatre acting are completely different. Oh, <laughs> My first couple of maybe months after even, they were like, whoa, that's a lot for the camera. <laughs> so I was in front of little kids and I was like, but this is just me. I don't understand. Like, you know, they have this like cliche of being like, you have to be smaller. And it's not about being smaller. It's about being more specific mm. with what you're doing mm. and know who you're talking to and where you are. Whereas yeah. I'm so used to talking to a hundred plus people Mm. at the same time.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, Presenting to the crowd. very different. Yeah. Exactly.
0: So when did you, when did the kind of production side of things come into
1: what you've been doing? When did that start? Mm -hmm. So probably about just before the end of the year, when I was studying at Tafta, I did six months, did a little bit of acting in between, and then around December of that year, I was put on a short film doing continuity, which for any actor listening a hundred percent, if you want to get into the crew world, continuity is your job. It is (laughs) the best job for an actor because you're watching the actors very closely. And for those that don't know what continuity is, it's just making sure that the actors are doing the same thing every time. It might even be something like you're filming over two days, but it's meant to be the same day in in the scene. So making sure their hair is the same and their clothes are the same and they're carrying the bag on the same shoulder little things like that but the best part about it was that as being on continuity i had to be in the room all the time whereas other jobs like a runner or a first ad isn't necessarily in the room so if there was a smaller space the important people that were in there and i was included in that which i absolutely loved because i was just like watching these actors so closely um, and i just got that through another actor friend who was the first ad who had never done that as well before and She was like, just jump on, we'll see how we go. And then yeah, from there, I met the crew that worked on this short film and then they started getting me on different projects.
0: Mm, interesting. Um, And I guess, how did you then work up to the other different crew roles? Was it just a matter of being there and being keen, and they saw that, and then they were like, "You can, you can be an ad. You can produce. Like, <laughs> this is all you have to do. Not, it, it is a lot of work. I'm just <laughs> simplifying."
1: <laughs> yeah, well, on this short film, actually, the one of the days the first ad couldn't do it, and they were just like, "Oh, Kalia, could you do it?" <laughs> Me just being naive. Yeah, of course, I can keep time. Like that's all <laughs> I thought it was. <laughs> I can make sure you're on time like I'm very organized and um, I think they saw that in me that I was organized and yeah I just managed to do first AD from there and then they saw that I could do it and then started getting me on other projects as a first AD and then with producing I started as an assistant producer just kind of shadowing another producer on set and then jumping in it might just be like little jobs like making sure Unit is sorted and catering is sorted, and that was my responsibility for the day. And from that, then I've started moving up, and now I've been producing quite really big projects, which is incredible. <laughs> mm,
0: yeah, I always I found when I started doing crew roles that it was great because um, it really killed my ego as an actor, which I really appreciated. Not that I was very egotistical, but I guess it just made you understand that as an actor, realistically speaking, you are not working the hardest on set. And I can say that with full confidence. You're not the first one there. You're not the last one there. Um, You're not doing every single take for all of the project unless it's like a one woman show. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I really appreciated that I was able to be like, okay, All I have to do is say my lines and be believable and present this in a way that I want to be, you know, present it. But like, don't be a dick. (laughs) (laughs) That's the message. (laughs) (laughs) But it was, that's, I think that was my biggest takeaway from taking on like producing projects and stuff like that. Um, And it was also really interesting to understand that acting is just such a small part of the industry, but to Mm -hmm. the public, it's like that's the biggest part of our industry that they see. And that's really interesting for me to think about. Um, So I don't know if you had the same experience coming from acting.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah,
1: it's definitely made me a stronger actor as well. And what I really loved about it is I understand there's almost like a different language on set and there is – There are so many different ways that we communicate with each other that in a real-life situation, you would be like, can you stop asking me how long I'm going to take? Like, can you put, like, I don't know, five, ten minutes? I don't know. Whereas on set, if you say, oh, I'm going to be five minutes, then you're preparing everyone else to be like, okay, this is how long you have to set up or whatever it might be. So it's a whole different world in, in, like, a film set. And as an actor, if you don't understand that world and you're sitting there going, why is everyone rushing me? Or like, why do they look so stressed or whatever it might be? You don't understand it, then it's going to affect your performance. Mm. So I'm 100% grateful for all the jobs that I've done because I understand. And also knowing who to talk to as an actor, like who are your go-to people on set? Like you wouldn't go up to the producer because they've got a million things they need to talk about. Your go-to people are your ADs. You know, And then your director will be being, talking to you one-on-one. Mm. So it's like, yeah, it's definitely improved my acting and made me feel a lot more comfortable on set. Mm. I also find myself not being able to just be the actor on set, even if I am hired as just the actor. <laughs> and I find that really hard to be like, just sit down. They don't need help moving the C-stand. You can relax. <laughs> and yes. it's very hard to do from going from being crew all the time and then going on set and being like, oh, I get to see here. Someone's doing my hair and makeup. Great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I understand how
0: that feels. And that's right. um, oh, what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Oh um, in terms of like then being an actor on set and having that, I'm gonna say chaos, but I don't mean chaos in that every set is chaotic. No. But no. it it gives you reason to. Um, have to continuously work on your craft and your acting because if you're not, it's like I know that we compare actors to athletes all the time, but it's just an easy comparison. So, um, it's like an athlete's not gonna run their sprinting race. Wow, that was really bad. I'm so you're doing well, <laughs> thank you're you. Doing well. There- <laughs>
1: I'm into sports. Uh, The runner is good. Speaking of sport, my first teaching job was teaching PE and being the PE coordinator. Oh my God. And my sisters just laughed at me because they were like, Are you sure that's for you? Yeah, I can do sport.
0: Mm. (laughs) But I couldn't. Um, No, (laughs) when a a runner is going to run their race, they have to prepare. They have to be practicing up until that point because there's going to be so many distractions in the moment. The crowd's going to be there. There's going to be people around them that they're racing against. And in order to prepare for that moment, they need to be going away and at home, you know, doing the work in order to get into the mindset to be able to do that with all those distractions distractions around and it's the same with acting you know Um, I know that um, you know you can think I've done the three-year degree so I'm fine I'll just work on sets to learn and that's all well and good but you can't guarantee yourself that you're going to get employed um, consistently enough to be able to be practicing enough and it's on those Mm -hmm. sets that you want to be like ready for that role so The best thing is to like, I know that you do like a lot of self-tapes and stuff with friends, which I'm always Mm -hmm. like, my God, how does she have the energy to do that? And I'm always jealous of you. Um, (laughs) I'm like, God damn it. Carly is doing another self tape. It's more just, I just (laughs) don't know where the energy comes from. I'm like, I'm sitting on the lounge like, what a day. And you're like... (laughs) just doing another self-tape with friends <laughs> that's a prime <laughs> example of comparing yourself to people on social media so you know yes. but um <laughs> but it, yeah. it is like um you know, it's such a the impetus to seek out coaches and seek out um, classes to do, not because, well, I think you always have more to learn, but it's just so yeah. you can like be stretching those muscles and be like, if I were to be on set tomorrow, I'd be completely prepared because I've been doing this stuff consistently in between jobs. So I think that that's always very
1: important. Um, yeah. Yeah feeling safe and comfortable on set as well and knowing that you've done the work. Um and also just like most of us are in lockdown at the moment, which is really hard to stay motivated. So I do have um a group of friends where it's like our acting accountability, we call it. And we're meeting once a week and we're saying what are you doing acting wise this week? And some weeks we're going, look, I just did some exercise this week and that's the best I could do. And it was like great you're looking after your help. Like some weeks are harder than others but filming these self-tapes i also signed up to um stage milk for a while during lockdown and they you submit a self-tape once a month and that was just such a big push to say okay i have to do this i have to do it in by the due date and it's not for an audition it's not for anything it's just training and just good practice so now when i get an audition i'm not like i need my self-tape setup isn't ready i don't know i feel so nervous because i'm doing it so often that it's just, oh, here's another script, great, I know what I'm doing, let's film it. Mm. And sometimes I'll get an audition in the middle of producing. Like, for example, I had one girl in the middle of producing music videos in Queensland, so I got to a friend's house, I had probably half an hour, they were both on their phones in between takes because we were all producing at the same time. I did two takes of each, sent it through, and then I showed an acting coach and she goes, that was probably your best audition. Wow. <laughs> and I didn't even have time yeah, I didn't have time to think about it. And I think that's almost a bit of a blessing too, because I was so busy doing other things that my focus wasn't, I have to be the best actor. I, oh, the way that I say this line has to be like this. I was just me. Mm. And I think that's what got through. So, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of good that comes in um, continuing the practice. As hard as it is to motivate yourself to do it, I highly recommend just finding a friend, just reading a script, Putting it down just for just for fun, just for practice, and watch yourself. So many people say they don't watch themselves, and that is how you learn. Mm. As hard as it is, listening to yourself, watching yourself, you go, "Oh, that's a weird twitch that I'm doing," or <laughs> whatever it might be. You're like, "I don't do that," and you watch yourself. Oh, that's mm. what people see. Got it. <laughs> I do have a lazy eye. Oh, <laughs> oh but...
0: <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, it's and- all of about- oh for sure and that's the one thing that a lot of people say to me about podcasting is like oh don't you hate hearing your own voice when you're editing it and I'm like no I don't anymore (laughs) and that's not an egotistical thing of like I have the best voice Um, it's literally just because it's nothing to me it's the voice that I have and that's it you know Um, Mm -hmm. And the same with acting. It's very interesting, especially when you hear it from um, very successful people in the industry. I know, I think Johnny Depp has said it a lot where he's like, oh, I don't watch the films that I'm in. I don't watch myself Mm -hmm. acting. And I think coming from someone that is so successful, we can think oh well if he doesn't watch himself then it must be an artistic thing for a reason and I should maybe implement that because I want to be successful and I Mm. firmly disagree with that and agree with you Mm. I think you have to watch yourself I think it's the very few and far between that can have that mentality of like oh I'm not going to watch myself but don't strive to be that you know it's you have to you have to look at yourself and be comfortable with how you look on screen how you're looking in those different positions because unfortunately a lot of like what we do is appearance based you know it is like emoting and how we make the audience feel but it's also how you look as a person and so to overcome that is one of the biggest things that you can do for yourself as an actor I think um being able to be like oh my eye looks weird when i turn to the right but it's just my eye i'm a person people's eyes sometimes look like that you know
1: (laughs) exactly exactly it's yeah it's so important and um especially at the moment while we're not doing much you know not many people are on set at the moment so this is your chance to just watch yourself to train hard because then you don't know when the opportunity comes that's the beauty about our industry is that we might get an email tomorrow and we might be on set next week. Like you just don't know when that time will come. So to make yourself as ready as possible, like an athlete, you are constantly training. So making yourself ready for it and feeling comfortable in yourself. That is like one, a big, big lesson that I've learned is watching myself feeling comfortable with what I'm doing, comfortable with my body, comfortable with what my face is doing. You know, you can be so hard on yourself and go back to comparing, like I'm constantly comparing myself. And then you have to snap out of it and say, no, that person, like, I'm happy for that person. I'm happy for their success because if they succeed, then that means our industry succeeding. And that means we'll have more of an opportunity too as well. So it's not a competition at all. If anything, you want the people around you to succeed. You want Australians to be getting out there and filming more projects because then there's more opportunity for you to do that as well Mm,
0: definitely and I think I don't know if it's well I'm speaking from a female perspective because I am a female um Mm. I can't I can't speak for males but um it's funny to always catch myself being like looking at you know Australian actresses careers that I'm like oh that project was really cool and the role that they played in that. Like, you know, I I wish that I had the opportunity to do that but you think that they've actually had a professional agent since 14. And so mm. them being our age now, it's like, okay, that makes sense because they've been working for so long. And so it's always important to remember like people uh, have a very different journey to your own and it's yeah it's obviously they're gonna have different things happen for them and as you say like if an Australian actress is doing things over in America it is confirmation that they would hire an Australian actress and what are we Australian actresses (laughs) (laughs) they do love us over there too so we are good that's why (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um now I you mentioned that you have been able to produce Um, and assistant direct on some big projects now, namely Mm -hmm. a couple of... Not a couple, sorry. (laughs) Several. (laughs) A couple is like one or two. No, several music (laughs) videos which have like um, a few of them have gone viral. Um, Obviously, Mm -hmm. we talked about Tones and I with um, Nick and Tim on the Visible Studios episode. But more recently, you've worked with Masked Wolf, um, which... I actually looked him up on Spotify recently and realized he's the 200th most listened to artist on Spotify in the world. Oh, is that wow. crazy?
1: That's crazy. Yeah. He's so, so sweet. I'm yeah. very happy for
0: him. <laughs> yeah. So um, in terms of like when you're working with people and on projects as big as that, that are like you know important because for someone like Tones and I or Masked Wolf, I'm I am I saying Masked 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 Yeah, it's true to say it.
1: no.
0: Masked <laughs> Wolf. Um, when you're yeah. working with people like that, the things that you produce they are driving that person's career, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you kind of learn from those bigger sets and how was it working with artists that big and kind of being like, okay, I've literally got to be on my A-game. I've got to do my job well. I've got to bring it for this set. What was
1: that like? Um, the f- like the very first few projects I worked on, I was obviously super nervous, but I think once you meet the artist, then you're just like, they're just people like us. You know, like and in the end, we're all collaborating, we're all working together to get this project off the ground. And being a producer and a first AD, I am lucky that I work closely with the directors as well. Um, and also the team at Visible that I've worked with multiple times now, are like super, super supportive. So there's no time where I felt like, oh, I am i can't do this, or like I'm going to have no support, or if I mess up, it's all on me. Whereas that's what I did used to think as a producer, because you feel like the pressure is all on you because you're the producer, you've organized everything. So if something doesn't go to plan, then I I would take that responsibility. Oh, it's my fault, but it's not like that at all. And there are things that are going to get missed and there are mistakes that are going to happen all the time. So it's just being accepting of yourself and saying, all right, we're a team and also <clears throat> being able to uh, problem solve on the spot and also prepare for the problem before it even happens. You know, for example, I'm like, you know, I know we're going to be outside. If it starts to rain, what's my backup option? I've already got that option planned before we get there. So then, when it does start to rain, then no one panics and we we'll go, "Oh no, this is our backup set," or whatever it might be. Mm. Um, yeah, I think a big thing with producing is what I, my takeaway is: use the people around you to help. Like you are not alone. And even though it might feel like all the responsibility is on you, it one hundred percent isn't. Use the team, and everyone is there to help you and everyone has their roles for a reason because I've been a first AD for a while I would as a producer organize the schedule and then I'm going hang on that's not my job that's up to the director and the first AD to work together with their shot list and schedule the day and then they'll come to me and then I can go to location and tell them about times or whatever it might be
0: mm.
1: so it's just using using people around you is my big takeaway mm. and with the artists just they're just people like us you know being super friendly knowing what their vision is, respecting their space as well, not treating them any any differently, just treating them like humans that they are. (laughs) (laughs) Great advice. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting,
0: (laughs) Um, as I was saying before, like um, working as a producer um, has um, been a great thing for you as an actor because um, Mm -hmm. in the second video that you did with Masked Wolf, you were able to jump in into a small role in the music video as an actor. And obviously it's very interesting. Um, I was having this conversation with my partner who's a musician the other day because I said, "Oh, I, one day I want to interview you on the podcast. So stay tuned for that episode. But um, he was like, oh, I kind of feel weird because like, I feel like you're only interviewing me because I'm your boyfriend. And I was like, well, yeah like and that's a good thing use the people around you like we always talk about it's all about who you know in the industry but then it's we kind of get a bit weird about oh I I'm only doing this because I knew this person and like we could say oh you you were only in that music video because you were the producer on the project and it's like well yeah but because you know people in the industry and that's always our goal is to meet new people so we can have these opportunities, you know. And so I don't think it's something, obviously, if you were a terrible actor, they would not have put you in the <laughs> music video. You do have to have the skills in order to pull the role off. But I just think it's really interesting, that concept of like... Um, yeah this oh like i'm only getting this opportunity because i know this person or i'm not getting an opportunity because i don't know these people i say if someone's like oh hey like i know you come and do this thing say yes don't be concerned that it's just because you know them that you're getting that opportunity you know
1: so and also much of this is worrying about what other people are going to think and in the end, no one knows you. No one knows your relationship with that person. And it's, it is about you being right for the job. Like there are, I have been really lucky that I've managed to get some acting gigs out of being a first AD, being an assistant producer, whatever it might be on these music videos. And it's not because I'm there and they're just going, Oh, all right, we'll just put Carly or in. It's because I'm right for the job. Mm. So I'm never apologizing for getting these. And I, and I just encourage so many people just to find people online. Like I just had um, a coaching session with Emily Joy, who you had on the podcast. Actually. Yes, we
0: love Emily. <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, we and she just reminded me the importance of human connection. Like it seems so simple to be like, oh, hi, I'm. Uh, you don't know me, but I just saw your show online and I really enjoyed it. Something as simple as that. And that's how you build networks. That's how you build connections and just being Kind to people, congratulating people on their successes. And it's not coming from a place of saying, Oh, I'm just saying this because then I want you to cast me. I'm saying it because I genuinely am happy for you. And that's it. And we leave it at that. Mm. So that's kind of the connections that I've made as well, was just being in the industry and making sure I know everyone's names. You know, any actor that comes on set, Hi, what's your name? I'm Carly, or I'm this, I'm the first AD today, whatever it might be, using their names throughout the day. And just building that connection because you just don't know who you're going to meet and you just don't know where that will take you. And I'm not doing it to get something out of it. I'm doing it just to be kind and to make sure that people are comfortable on set. Mm,
0: Yeah, that is such a, that's one of my biggest takeaways from the um, career that I've had so far is you just don't know who you're going to meet and when you're going to meet them and why you're going to meet them. Um, Mm -hmm. And like even me meeting you, that that is such an example of that because you know i had no idea that starting a podcast would have meant that you would have started listening to it and then you would mm-hmm. have emailed me and been like hey we have this company that does really amazing work and has worked with all of these great people do you want to interview them and i was like oh my god yes of course because i love when mm. people reach out to me because it takes the work out for me <laughs> yes. but then to be like oh cool but then I've had this script that I've been writing for like a year or two prior to meeting you guys. And because it was such a lovely interview and we all enjoyed, maybe the boys didn't, but <laughs> I certainly enjoyed interviewing them. Um, oh, I loved it,
1: don't
0: worry. <laughs> but just having that, like I didn't interview them in the hopes that like, oh, if I do this for them, they're going to pick up my script. It was literally just like, uh, of course, I'd interview people that have worked with those types of artists and have such an interesting career. And then afterwards, you know, um, them both saying like, oh, like, keep in touch. Let's like if you're working on anything. Mm -hmm. And I think it was like half a year or so. Um, in between when they said that and when I went oh actually I have this script I should send it to you guys Um, because I was talking to another production company at the time and it kind of sparked this oh I should I should send it to Visible and see if you know they they like it as well and you guys did and then from there you know we're now in pre-production or the development stage of Um, the pilot and pitching the series and that sort of thing. And so it's just crazy that that came out of me starting a podcast, I guess. Yeah, (laughs) exactly.
1: And even um, actors that have met me, whether it be like on set or studying at TAFTA, and then I worked at TAFTA for a bit, so I'm very lucky I've got a pool of actors that I can contact. I never thought in a year, two years time that I would be working for Visible Studios and working with such big artists. So they're coming to me being like, oh my God, like, thank you so much for thinking of me. But I met them as actors when I was an actor too. Like, you know, it's just little things. You just don't know where your journey will take you. You just don't know who you're going to meet on the way. Mm. But yeah, amazing.
0: Definitely. And it's always like, I think it's important to not go into situations thinking like, oh, I want to meet this person so they can do this for my career. It's just like mm-hmm. going in just to be yourself and do the best job and being open to who it is you're going to meet because you just I guarantee it's going to be the, the thing that you didn't think was going to happen or the person that you didn't suspect or anything like that. Um, it's always going to be that rather than like, oh, if I meet Tones and I, we're going to be friends and then she's (laughs) going to get me (laughs) to meet this person and then I'm going to meet Drake
1: or something. I don't know. (laughs) I like the journey you went on there. Thank you. Great, great. (laughs) Yeah, I'm ready to meet Drake anytime. Yeah.
0: Ready now. Thank you, Tones. (laughs) Um, If you could just send that email, that would be great. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, and then I guess we can talk about, um, we won't reveal too much about the project that we're in at the moment. Oh, secrets. Um, (laughs) but I think it's interesting to talk about the process because making your own work is so important in the industry now to have that slashy way of working and to be able to have a voice and to be able to make work when you aren't being employed by someone else um, is a really important thing. So I guess um, I know from my perspective what it's like, but I wanna kind of hear how it is um, for you when someone approaches you with like a very rough pitch document, a rough script. And then goes here. Cause I would have to say, like the script that I sent you guys and the pitch documents that I sent you guys, looking back on them, I'm like, they were not like the best. They were definitely mm-hmm. not the best. They um didn't like very well describe what I was wanting to do, but I guess the concept was there. So um, I imagine it's a really interesting job to kind of look at so- what someone is giving you and to be able in- to interpret like, okay, I can see what they're trying to do and we can make this into something good. Um, so what is that process like
1: for you? Well, this is probably one of the first projects where I have put my name down to be a director. So for this one, Nick and I will be co-directing and it's I have done a bit of directing before but this is probably my first big narrative to tell a story what stood out for me was the story you know this is about humans and this is about connection and this is about I'm not going to give anything more away <laughs> <laughs> but if, if you you know I'm not going to pick apart a script because I know that it's early stages as well it's more so about the story that we want to tell and also knowing you and trusting you and trusting your vision and then going, okay, I think I know how to help bring this to life. If I didn't connect to it on the first read, then I probably wouldn't take it because it's not like, oh, I'm just going to do this just to get a directing credit. It's also a story that is quite close to my heart as well. So it's, there's a personal aspect to it. And also just coming from an actor's perspective is like, if I were an actor and I would have picked this up, would this be something that I want to be in? And it would be a hundred percent yes because these characters are so thought out and so well developed that it's like, okay, I can see where this is going. Mm. Yeah. It's just the story I think is the big takeaway. And if things aren't polished, then that's okay, because that's what our job is in development is to go through and polish it. And then being sensitive, like, obviously it's you, so it's a little bit different. I can talk to you. I'm close friends with you, but if it were someone that I didn't know, and just being sensitive to their material and just saying, hey, I've just got an idea here. I'm going to put it out there, have a think about it and not putting any pressure to say, I don't like this. I think that this needs to change. Um, this is not going to work. You know, just, just the way that you approach it as well.
0: Mm. It's um, it's interesting like being on the other side of that. Um, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in terms of presenting my own work to someone else is um not being tied to ideas like I I will say that this project is based on a story of my life and so there are certain things that we do keep in there because it's a a true story but um I think especially when you're working with comedy um I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned as a writer is to not be so um attached to ideas and to Um, scenarios that are meant to be funny or like, I don't want to say jokes because I never write one line jokes into Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, It's more like situational comedy Um, because I have worked with people in the past who have been so attached to their script and to jokes in the script that it becomes a really unenjoyable process to work with them because we're on set and the actors saying the line and the the joke and it's not funny like if it's not making me laugh on set even though I've read the script many times but if I'm looking at it and it's not funny I've been in situations where I've voiced my opinion and it's been shut down like no it is funny like it is that's mm-hmm. the way it's written so that's the way they have to say it and like obviously you just go okay no problem and you make a mental note with Like I don't want to work with someone like this again. Like this is not it because you learn so much from the situations that don't vibe with you as well as the situations that you're like, yes, this is it. This is what I want to be doing. And so I'm really grateful to have had those experiences with writers and um, with producers that have, you know, brought the script and I've been producing or I've been in it and I'm like, voicing my ideas and being like hey we should change this and when that's shut down I'm like I don't ever want to be a writer or a producer or someone that's bringing you know a project to someone and they're like oh you know maybe in this scene or we should do this or we should take out this entire scene I think you know you should have faith in the fact that you're bringing this project to someone that knows what they're doing that's the most Mm -hmm. important thing. Like have faith in the people that you're bringing on in your team um, to know like what is going to make the project the most successful. They're not saying that joke isn't funny to make you feel bad. They're saying it's not funny because it might not be funny, you know, (laughs) and that's okay. So
1: it's not about ego. It's about collaborating and making the best project that you can
0: Mm.
1: so it's nothing personal if there is any feedback that you get about your writing like I just did a table read for a kids show that I've been writing and we just threw feedback back and forth and there was not one piece of feedback that I thought oh my god these people think I'm the worst writer or like (laughs) oh I really loved this line like it's not about that because in the end we want to make the project that's the best project so that's why you collaborate with people that's why it's not just one person making a film that's why we have so many people to Mm. help make it because Mm. it's collaboration and if you're not willing to do that then you're really limiting yourself
0: Mm, definitely and it's yeah it's been um very interesting like um people don't tell you when you kind of write projects the process of writing a pitch document that's like a whole other thing and it's something that I didn't learn in the industry until like probably in the last year or so I was kind of like what what the hell is this this is so uncreative I hate doing this um (laughs) and yeah I guess that's like one thing that Um, I did want to speak on purely because I don't think people hear a lot about it in the industry. It's like the paperwork side of the entertainment industry is like, and this is why, you know, um, and especially in lockdown, you and I have both been saying to each other, like, oh, we haven't had the meeting that we wanted to have and it's been a month. And it's like, well, it doesn't matter. (laughs) This is not a race. This is like, we're taking this project at the pace that it needs to go. Um, If you and I are both absolutely exhausted just because, you know, of life things, there's no point in pushing to have a meeting about a pitch document because we're not going to be our best selves. And so I think that's been a really important thing for me to learn is like, it's taken me probably nearly two years to write, I don't even know how long our pitch document is, like an eight page page to 10 page pitch document yeah Yeah. Yeah. um about a series when people are like oh I wrote this script over the weekend I really want to film it in the next month or two and that's great Mm -hmm. if it's a short script and you can do that easily but I think eventually in your career you start to strive for something that's a bit more professional that's a bit more thought out and a bit bigger than the last thing that you did and so writing picture documents is interesting yeah
1: it's a process it's a big process and I what I love about what we're doing is we're writing it we're thinking about it we're leaving it for a couple of weeks so then it's just it's not our full focus and we're not completely attached to it we come back to it with fresh eyes and go oh wait we thought this was funny or (laughs) yeah this doesn't make sense or like this connection we've changed this and we forgot to change the next part or whatever it might be. So if you have the privilege of time, which we all kind of do at the moment, then take that time. Mm, Definitely. And I
0: guess one thing, I I don't know if this is just me or it's being a female or something like that. The idea of like aging in the industry is like always an interesting thing. And one thing that's been um, super helpful for me in this project is like because I wrote it, um, it doesn't really matter what age I am when we shoot it because It's based on me, the main character, and so she can be whatever age I'm going to look at that time. Hopefully a solid (laughs) twenty-three. No kidding. I don't (laughs) know if twenty three. But I just think that 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 is another reason that people rush into projects is like, Okay, I'm running out of time. I wanna be able to play a high school student in this project, and so we need to shoot it now. And I always think that like you know, things take time. Life is, life is short, but life is also long when you're doing what it is that you want to do. Um, and I think that's why we always kind of gravitate towards those stories of people being like, I was 35 when I booked my first acting job because it kind of makes you go, okay, like what I'm doing at the pace that I'm doing, if it feels right, it is right. I don't have to compare that pace to the people around me or the projects around me, you know, just because you guys filmed four music videos in a month or something. Was it like a month or
1: two? While in lockdown, we managed to remote produce and direct in Queensland. Yeah. (laughs) We did. I think it was, yeah, three or four in Queensland, one here, like, It's been nuts.
0: Yeah. And like that is
1: not normal, also. The turnaround is what Visible Studios are doing is incredible. Like they're not sleeping because they're trying to get this edit finished by a certain deadline. Like Mm. that is not the standard. (laughs) You're like,
0: I'm just gonna go to bed. (laughs) But it's true. It's like not comparing the project that we're doing. I don't know how long we've been in development slash pre-production for but it's just like it's the um I think this is the longest that I've spent on developing Mm -hmm. something to make it right and it's been super interesting in that um Mm -hmm. to be in that process and to yeah not be like okay well I have to get this out so I can prove to
1: people that I am doing something with my life you know and even you were saying when you first gave it to us you were like oh I'm looking back on it and it was not ready you know I was not confident with the writing and the pitch and that's because it was the first time you've sent it or like your first draft like if you were to send that off and looking back on it you'd be like oh no wonder why I'm not getting any hits for this Mm. so you got the time use it like yeah and it's an important story to tell So I don't think it's worth rushing either Mm. because there are lots of complexities in this story that we wanna make sure we're getting right.
0: Mm, Definitely. Um, And quickly before we go, I just wanted to, um, you said that you are producing a kids show, which um, Mm -hmm. is a whole, I imagine a whole other thing. So what has been the process of doing that? And like, what are the differences in, I guess, producing something that is made for kids? Uh,
1: very different. This is a whole new process. Um, I I am lucky with my teaching background that I'm using the early years framework and I'm including that in the story. I am writing it. I am um, producing it, I guess. It will come up in that I'll be the producer um, and I'm in it. So there's lots of slashes in this one. Um, but it's also something that I thought, I've always wanted to do now I've got the time to do it. Let's just give it a go. And I'm really lucky. I've been working with a friend who is studying writing at the moment and just did a course on kids TV. And there are so many more rules that I thought that I never knew existed. Um, Something as simple, like I was telling you earlier that, you know, we can't have kids imitating Well, kids will imitate what they see. So if I were to say something, kids would copy that. So we just got to make sure like anything that I'm writing I think oh it's simple language it will be fine it will be simple but it's actually taking so much more of a process because i want to make sure that everything i'm saying if kids were to imitate it it would be acceptable and parents would be happy for them to watch the show
0: <laughs> mm, yeah yes, it's very very different <laughs> i never thought i would never think about that sort of thing i never thought that that was involved in making a kid's show uh, is mm-hmm. so interestingly a completely different world I guess um, in regards to just creating content and it's, it's interesting because I guess that means it has such a bigger impact than you realise like as you say mm-hmm. what the show is that you're creating even though it's such a simple idea um, you said like you can't have the character throwing a rock in it because kids will go and throw rocks at each other. That's a big impact, yeah. you know? Like, that's crazy.
1: Um, yeah. So, and yeah. even language, like, I can't do this, or even if that's the story of the character saying, I don't feel good, or I don't like this, then kids copy and say, I don't like this, and they'll copy it and do it for something else. So mm-hmm. making the language, you know, like, I will try to get better at this. Like, just changing it's so small, but, makes a big difference so I'm learning a lot in this process
0: oh yeah and I guess it just highlights how much the entertainment industry as a whole has an impact on society and people mm. and that's crazy it's crazy that you know the the things that they view and the things that we create um can change the way that people talk and the way that they live <laughs> it's crazy <Yeah.
1: laughs> these little
0: little minds
1: yeah little sponges oh they are yeah (laughs)
0: Yeah. well Kalia, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and spending some time with me um did you want to plug anything any social
1: medias any websites before we go um i guess my social media is just at Kalia kapotza i'm sure you'll write it down it's tricky to (laughs) spell um And, yeah, check out Visible Studios as well because they've done lots of amazing work and I'm actually also running their social media. So if you follow, then that will make me look good. So do that. (laughs) Whenever I, like, comment on
0: something that Visible's done, I'm always like, ha that's Carl, replying to me. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes, Nick and Tim, but quite often it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, thank you so much for being here and we will talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.